Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Bills steal a W away from the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead tonight, 24-20, to go 5-1 and one into the bye and sitting firmly in the driver's seat for the number one seed in the AFC as it stands right now. Hello everyone, welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the western New York, central New York area, do yourself a favor. Check out the Delago Resort Casino, have a drink, have something to eat there, make a bet, it will be worth your while. Uh, we are going to discuss our thoughts on this game. Um, this Bills victory, this huge Bills victory. Uh, we're going to give our thoughts of the game, some stats of the game, our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host for now, the only co-host right now, John. And uh, and John, it is good to have you. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good after that win. Was it a perfect win? No, it was not by any means. I think a lot of the Bills fans were probably feeling it until Taron Johnson had that interception to seal the win. Uh, but overall, I mean, you got to be happy with where we're at. At the end of the season, when the Bills go into the playoffs, it won't matter that they, you know, played a really close game with the Chiefs, that they weren't perfect, or that, you know, the refs made some terrible calls or whatnot, like, or Isaiah McKenzie couldn't get out of his own way, all these things. Um a win is a win, and I think Bills fans, Bills Mafia is feeling great, and they should be. Um, how are you doing? Doing awesome. What a great emotional victory. Um, Allen's the first, I guess, the first quarterback to go into the arrowhead against Mahomes and beat him twice, so that's kind of nice. Um, you, you, were, you were mentioning the, the standings. I mean, you look at the, the division winners, the Bills have beaten all of them, and they're a full game up on on the closest team, Kansas City. So having all those tiebreakers is awesome. Um, it's kind of crazy, like, at the beginning of the year, people were kind of like, including us, we're, we're kind of writing the, the rest of the AFC East off, but they're the only division that doesn't have a losing record. So uh, that might be something to think about. So we've only played one AFC's team, and obviously we lost. So um, those might be tougher games than we think. But uh, right now... It's it's looking awesome. I I can't. I I, I wish we didn't have a bye next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, not only like you mentioned that the Bills are ahead of uh, the AFC in general, but they're the best in the division in their division, the AFC East, which might be the best division in all of football at this point. Like you mentioned, everyone has a winning record. Uh, the Jets beat the Packers. I I don't know how that happened. Um, the uh, Patriots beat the Browns. Uh, whatever, but. Uh, this is pretty incredible. They, not only that the Bills are number one um, 
which we kind of thought they might be. But the fact that the AFC East is actually as good as it is, we thought that this was going to be a cakewalk going through all those teams. You know, we looked at the four, the over and under for four and a half wins in the division. I'm like, oh, easily. They're, they're only going to lose one, if anything. And they've already lost one. They've only played one, and they've already lost one. Um, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, I think, the division, but still very winnable. I'm not... If Even if I'm a little bit more worried about the division... I'm not as worried about the Green Bay Packers anymore. So I'm really, I mean, especially after the bye week, after two weeks rest, after getting Tredavious White back, I mean, this that, that lines up for hopefully a W in Buffalo for that one. So you're talking, you know, 6-1, and one, whereas when we looked at the beginning of the schedule, when we did our schedule predictions podcast, uh, we had the Bills going, I mean, you always have the Bills going 6-0, no matter what, undefeated into any situation, but we thought that that was a very realistic possibility, and this was the hardest stretch of the schedule, so you're like, okay, if you can get four and two, five and one into the bye, um, like you're in good shape, right? Like you're in good shape for, and they're five and one, and you could argue they should be six and zero, oh, but you know that's not the way it went, and uh, they're, 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 it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to be a Bills fan in this this scenario, and uh, yeah, I'm as I'm as high on this as as you are. Yeah, you look at the remaining schedule, and outside of the AFC East, their toughest games are like probably Minnesota and Cleveland. Um, which, you know, they're good teams, but, you know, compared to, like, Kansas City and Baltimore and, like, Tennessee and, you know, playing the Rams out of the gate, like, feeling pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, unlike – so in past years, I think teams like the Browns would have scared me a lot more because of how good they are running the ball. And this year the Bills have stopped the run. Like, they've shut down almost every running back facing them. Um, so that does it. So you have to beat us with your arm now, um, if you're going to. And I don't know if they can. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. I don't know if Minnesota can. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. Um, those are winnable games, though. At least we're looking at. You know, I mean, compared to the Chiefs game, who would you rather play, the Chiefs or the Vikings? I think all of us would take the Chiefs any day of the week. I mean, especially in Arrowhead. Um, and I think you know we did a Twitter space, and one of the first people on the Twitter space after the Bills, you know, victory after they just won, um, was like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really matter. In the play, in the playoffs is when it really matters. So this win, you know, you might not be able to get away with some of this stuff, which is, to his point, you know, I agree. Um, I think he was definitely, like you said, I, <laughs> we were all feeling really scared up until that Taron Johnson interception because even though they were up by four points, you've seen Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead with – less than a minute left and just, you know, carve the Bills secondary. So you thought that that was going to happen again, or we all thought it was it was a good possibility it could happen. And he didn't. And so you got to take that, you know, take this win for what it is, because if the Bills do, in fact, get the number one AFC, not only, you know, you have to go through Buffalo to do this. So not only will Patrick Mahomes be playing against a packed uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium, which he hasn't done in what, three years ago was the first time he's done it? Two years ago? And so he hasn't done it in a while. Uh, and, when, and when he was in Buffalo, there was no fans that year. Oh, was that it? It was a COVID year, right? Yeah. So oh, he hasn't you. been in Buffalo with fans. So so this, like, that, that changes everything, right? Like that, You could tell that Arrowhead was affecting Josh and, and the offense to a certain extent, for sure. Um, 
you know, imagine you know Patrick Mahomes coming in Buffalo, which is a tough place to play in general weather-wise, weather conditions, and then you have the crowd. Then you have the fact that the Bills have Von Miller again. You know, this year what they didn't have last season. You have the Bills will have Tre'Davious White, which they didn't have last season or today. Um, uh, there's a lot of things going for the Buffalo Bills if 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 the road to the Super Bowl goes through Buffalo. It will. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad you think the same thing. Um, I we're gonna get into Wall of Shame later, uh, so I don't want to go over too many. But I mean, if there if there was if there was something that what was something that was that you find yourself critical? Maybe not necessarily a player, John, but like something that as you're watching the game, it was a frustrating part. It could be either on the Bills side of the ball, the Chiefs side of the ball, or just in general. Um, was there something that like while you're watching? Because it wasn't a perfect game by any means. Like it was it was a dirt. It was a it was a rough game. You know, at points to watch, but. You still ended up at a W. There were times that you were just like, "Oh, like they're gonna lose this game, right? Like they're 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 making too many mistakes or whatever." Was there something that that stood out to you? I I can't seem to get the refs out of my head on 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 this. Uh, oh yeah, I mean there were calls that were bad for both teams, but it just seemed it just seemed really bad today and. I don't know. <laughs> Which one specifically are you talking about? Is there a certain play that sticks out in your head? Well, I was the getting, referee. I was getting really frustrated with uh, all the defensive holding. Like, and I didn't see like the replay on, on, on the all Bills' defensive lines, right? Like, like them them trying to them <laughs> holding the, the de- defensive ends. The the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line holding the Bills' defensive line from sacking Mahomes or pressuring him. That's what you're talking about specifically. Well, well, no. We, well, we also had like defensive holding penalties on us that, on know, the Buffalo those, Bills. Yep, those automatic first downs and, and things like that. Um, and then the the one that everybody is probably talking about on Twitter is the the tripping one. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was ridiculous. That was uh, the in the one John's mentioning is uh, when Chris Jones was uh, pressuring Josh Allen up the middle, and um, Josh Allen evaded it, but he got tripped by Chris Jones's leg and Josh Allen like pointed his leg he tripped me he tripped me the refs didn't call they didn't see it they were right there um it was very frustrating cuz what like like Romo said that should have not only gone from a third and 10 to a first down but they would have gotten 15 yards so that's a huge you know change instead of ha- them having to punt it on fourth and 10 all of a sudden they had the ball and they had three more downs you know so um yeah yeah that's the one that was very very frustrating for me to watch as a bills fan because it was so blatant it was so blatant that everyone in the nfl like you you know it's bad when national media accounts are tweeting that picture and saying how terrible it is not just like there's guys in the world of like twitter and football that are very smart but don't have like a platform as big as like like NFL on on CBS, right? Like their official account is like, how is this not called tripping? Sports Center, you know, all these other national outlets are like, how did they miss this, right? I'd say that was a frustrating thing. I think one of the things that frustrated me, luckily it didn't end up mattering, was uh, the Bills' inability to to cover Travis Kelsey. It just felt like, you know, that we. I was more worried about Travis Kelsey than any wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, they're all talented, but they're not Tyreek Hill. So it's like, okay, so like, you know, am I more worried about Christian Benford versus Marquez Valdez-Gantling? Or am I more worried about Travis Kelsey versus one of our linebackers? Um, Travis Kelsey, like, every single time, right? Um, am I worried about, uh, you know, rookie wide receiver Sky Moore versus... 
Bills rookie cornerback Kair Elam or Travis Kelsey on Taron Johnson? Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, every time. Travis Kelsey. And it just seemed like, but I think what they were doing is they were just keeping it in front of him and just trying to limit what they were giving him, right? And just, okay, let him dink and dunk it like they always do. Let Patrick Mahomes throw for 300 yards, uh, but we're going to limit their score, and they only scored 20 points, so how can I be upset, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting when Tredavious White comes back when they play, if if they play Kansas City in the playoffs again, um, maybe they move him over to Copper Kelsey. Yeah, true. That's a good point. It's going to be interesting to see how they, if the Bills even play him. I mean, with having hopefully a first round bye, you know, we're talking about them getting an extra week of rest where someone else can get, some other team can get banged up in that extra, you know, that extra week of playing. If it's the Chiefs playing in you know, a wild card round, like that's just an extra week for more injuries in the offensive line or the secondary or whatever. Um, the Bills also get, I didn't even think about this, Xavier Rhodes, because he'll be back from the IR in a few weeks. <laughs> you know, the guy who was here for one day before he got on the IR. <laughs> Free agent, cornerback uh, acquisition, Xavier Rhodes, former All-Pro. That was fun. But maybe, hey, maybe we'll get him in time for, uh, you know, our run down to the playoffs. So, all right, well, let's go into our stats of the game portion of the podcast. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, Josh Allen, 27 for 40, 329 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. John, fire emoji rating out of five for Josh Allen. Um, I'm going to go with 17. <laughs> 17 out of 5. I like it. I like it. What, what, what specifically, uh, I mean, I just mentioned the stat line, but, I mean, it wasn't just the passing, right? No, well, he's he's the heart and soul of this team. Um, you, you you can see it, like, with every scramble, like the, the, the hurdle run again and, like, hit, hitting guys instead of going out of bounds and things like that. He, uh pumps up the whole team you know um they rally behind him and uh yeah it's not just the stats it's just his leadership i guess yeah i i mean everything you just mentioned um his ability to get the first down on third and one you know which we saw happen um or was it fourth and one that sneak uh it's just <clears throat> that dawson knox touchdown stands out to me because he was, you know, scrambling around the backfield. He kind of motions to Dawson Knox and puts just, you know, a frozen rope right to the one spot where Dawson Knox could catch it. And as he was going out of bounds, I mean, you just couldn't um, imagine. One of the one of the uh, big R on the Twitter spaces, you've heard him on, you know, our Wall of Fame, Wall of Shame segment. He was in the Twitter space. He's like, I remember, you know, talking about, you know, who's a better quarterback on the Bills mes- message boards or whatever. J.P. Lawsman and Kelly Holcomb, right? Like you're talking about that. And here we are watching two, arguably two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL play against each other. And I don't think, everyone always says Patrick Mahomes is better. At least the national spotlight is on him. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been to two. Um, I'd say going out of this game, if I were to watch this game, try to be objective, 
I think I'd still say I want Josh Allen as my quarterback going through this because Patrick Mahomes had a really good game, but I think Josh Allen was just more clutch. I think Patrick Mahomes benefited from like a broken tackle, uh, a busted tackle play against Juju Smith-Schuster, which ended up being a 42-yard touchdown. Um you know, and, and some other things like we said, the ref and whatever, the refs and whatever, the holding calls and and everything like that. You, the other thing is too, like you mentioned the holding calls earlier. You don't think anyone in the in the Chiefs like rookie secondary wasn't was holding like Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis or whatever like plays that we just can't see on live TV. You don't think they were holding them every play? Like you're out of your mind. Those guys were torching them nonstop. So you know there were holds that weren't called. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, it was everything from Josh, from him running the ball and getting the first downs and leading the team. Um, yeah, 17 out of 5 fire emojis for sure. Um, I, I like the Knox example. He and, and Romo pointed out another instance where like he had Shakir, he changed his route to a hot route if those two guys blitz and that whole thing. He's out like scrambling around, pointing at Quinton Morris, hey, block this guy. And like he's extremely aware of um, everything, which is great. Yeah, remember when the Bills were backed up on like their own one yard line? It was third and thirteen. Was that the play where he threw it to Shakir to get that first down um, to keep the drive going, and they ended up getting a touchdown out of that drive? Was that was that the one you're thinking of? Maybe because I think that was Shakir's only was, reception was, during the. I think it was Davis, but it, was um, it Davis? on that particular play. But it, yeah, I, th- I forget what down and distance it was, but uh, it might have been a third down play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the couple of Chiefs guys blitzed and it. Just before the play, uh, Allen signaled to Shakir to basically do a hot route, mm-hmm. and he and he like cut off his route when they blitzed, and he threw it to him. Nice, nice. I like I like that. Yeah, you're right. He's getting so good. Remember, there were times where he would check out of like a pass play, go to run play, and it would get stuffed right in the backfield. Like you're like, oh, okay, he's not he's not really getting it right now, and now he's doing plays like that, like you know, checking the hot route to to in a play that that'll get a first down. That's that's great. Um. Running the ball, you have Devin Singletary, Motor Singletary, 17 carries for 85 yards, 5 yards a clip. John, you and I have been talking and banging on the drum for Devin Singletary to get more touches. Well, today was that day, my friend. Um, uh, backup running back uh, Zach Moss was inactive today, so it was literally just Devin Singletary and uh, James Cook. Uh, Singletary ended up getting 21 touches today. Um, I thought he looked great today. Um, I thought they should have just kept feeding him, and they did uh, more than they ever have all season. And they were just taking, you know, what the what the defense was giving them. And I was surprised at how good the Bills were actually able to run the ball uh, against the Chiefs. And I th- I was really I've been happy with Singletary all season, to be honest. Um, I thought he had another great game. Um, is that kind of your feelings on? on Singletary's performance today. I mean, the rest of the season, too, really. Yeah, he was great. Um, he's had some great games this year. Um, you know, over 100 yards from scrimmage this game. Uh, I thought the offensive line did much better run blocking than than usual. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I was I was happy seeing that. He even out, out-carried uh, Josh Allen, which is hard to do. Josh Allen having 12 carries for 32 yards, only 2.7 yards per carry. So uh would like to see him take less carries. It's funny. I thought the Kansas City Chiefs were really ready for Josh Allen's designed runs today, it felt like. But uh, he was able to do it when it mattered. Um, leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs. 
10 receptions on 13 targets for 148 yards and one touchdown. Just an unbelievable game, especially because they mentioned on the broadcast that Stephon Diggs historically has been limited by the Kansas City defense. Like you saw that, he only had two receptions for 10 yards, I believe, against the Chiefs in the AFC Divisional playoff game last year. And this today he went off. I mean, he was the best wide receiver on the field uh, for both teams. And uh, that showed. Gabriel Davis was the next leading receiver, of course. Uh, three receptions on six targets for 74 yards. One touchdown. Next leading receiver, Isaiah McKenzie. No, I'm just kidding. It's not Isaiah McKenzie. <laughs> it's Dawson Knox. Three receptions on three targets for 37 yards and one touchdown. And then some other folks like Devin Singletary, Reggie Gilliam, Isaiah McKenzie, and Tommy Sweetie um, for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen had uh, had that one fumble that he lost, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Actually, let's talk about that now. Stats of the game is, is a perfect segment to talk about that. John, what the hell was that play with uh, <laughs> Josh Allen and, and Isaiah McKenzie? The Bills are driving. To set the scene, it's the first quarter. The Bills are driving on their first drive of the game. It's looking great. They're making headway. Devin Singletary is carving the Bill, or the, the Chiefs line and linebackers. He's getting into the to the second, you know, second line of defense. Um, he looks good. Quick passes, smart passes. They're going down the field, and then there's like this option play or something where where Josh Allen rolls out right, and he decides to flip the ball to McKenzie because McKenzie is coming out of the backfield with him, and rather than McKenzie catch the ball like you would expect, uh, he just drops it. He was looks like he he was kind of expecting it, kind of not. <laughs> And it ended up being a fumble for the Bills because it was behind the line of scrimmagers. It was a pass behind Josh Allen, and so it was a fumble. And the Chiefs get the ball back in the first possession of the game, and you're like, what is going on? Like, what the hell was that, Isaiah, right? Yeah, not only did he drop it, but he could have recovered it, but buffed that up too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It did seem like he was paying attention. Like. <laughs> I like I how you know. said muff that up too because it has to do with like all of his kickoff returns and pun return muffs the issues that he's been having all season. I was in general uh, I'm not I'm going to save it for later but um let's talk about Isaiah McKenzie later because I know he's going to come up specifically. Uh so we'll save that but um interceptions today uh Taron Johnson had an interception, Kair Elam had an interception today. Uh the second interception by the rookie cornerback, uh, Kyrie Elam, which is great to see. And then, obviously, Taron Johnson had that one to end end the game. Um, dude, heads up play by the – not only – we were going to talk about that that play for sure, I know, uh, in more in-depth. But how about that – the Bills' last drive of the game where they – Josh Allen, like, looked like he was going to kneel, and then he just kind of stood up and held the ball for a couple more seconds. Like, just – that's – because that's really – that really actually did matter. <laughs> like, it went down to the last split second because they didn't – you know, they w- the Chiefs would have had enough timeouts to, to call if, if he hadn't done that. Uh, so it ended up being like – that was kind of cool to see. I was – I I love the heads-up play. And Josh didn't take any big hits, which was good too. Uh, did you did you notice that? Are you giving any credit for that that play calling or Josh's heads up um, on that on that sort of play? Yeah, it was great. Um, really great game management there. Um, that didn't give him a chance at all. No, they weren't going to get the ball back, which is great because you knew if they were like, oh, you know, 
I think they would have been able to kick a field goal, obviously, but still up seven. Like, if you give them 12 seconds, we know what happens. Like, you know what they can do. So, um, anyway, not going to go into that too much. I like. I just want to say I like that last drive by the Buffalo Bills. They didn't score anything, but they just kept the Chiefs off the field and uh, and kept them from getting the ball back. So, heads-up plays by Ken Dorsey, Josh Allen, and the offense. Uh, sacks today, Von Miller. Von Miller time. Two sacks today. Uh, Shaq Lawson got in for a sack. And that's about it for that side of the ball. So, you know, hats off to, to Von Miller on his defensive day. Uh, on the Chiefs side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes, 25 for 40, 338 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, leading rusher for the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, nine carries for 33 yards, only 3.7 yards per carry. Patrick Mahomes, four carries for 21 yards, 5.3 yards per carry, uh, and so on. Uh, the leading receiver for the Chiefs, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, five receptions for 113 yards uh, and one touchdown on five targets. Travis Kelsey, next leading receiver, eight receptions on 10 targets for 108 yards. And then uh, a bunch of guys after that. Um, it's funny, only one person had a sack today on Josh Allen. And guess who that one person was? The guy who tripped him? The guy who tripped him. <laughs> that effing guy, the guy who tripped him. <laughs> uh, we have some more uh, really cool stats for you. Kair Elam uh, got a second interception today, and with that interception last week, Elam is the first Bills rookie with an interception streak since Tredavious White in 2017. Stefan Diggs um, surpassed 100 yards for the second consecutive week and for the fourth time this season, which is crazy. Four out of six games, he's gone over 100 yards. Um, Diggs tallied his sixth TD of the season, so he entered week six trailing only Travis Kelsey, for the most touchdowns in the NFL, Josh Allen now has 16 touching to- or, or I'm sorry, 16 passing touchdowns this season, tying his 2020 season 16 for the most passing touchdowns in team history through the first six games. That's kind of cool. There was one point in the game where Josh had completed 13 consecutive passes, which was his career a new career best completion streak for Josh Allen. Um, the franchise record for consecutive completions is 16 sent by... Here's a pop quiz for you, John. The Bills franchise record for consecutive completions is 16 set by a quarterback in 2008 versus the Seattle Seahawks. 2008. What quarterback could that be to set the record for consecutive completions at 16? That doesn't seem possible. <laughs> It, it doesn't seem like somebody had 16 of them in 2008. <laughs> no, no, it couldn't be. <laughs> You're right. You win the pop quiz, man. I had that all on yes. you for, uh, no, 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 that was, that was definitely, that definitely did happen. It was Trent Edwards in 2008. Trent Edwards against the Seattle Seahawks. Pre-Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks, I believe. So, yeah. Hmm. Some other cool stats. Josh Allen, 17 pu- passing touchdowns. Marks a franchise record. So it, they, he actually did get to 17. Uh, my mistake there. Um, Stephon Diggs recorded his seventh game with 10-plus catches since joining the Bills. That's a new franchise record surpassing Andre Reid's six games. Isn't that crazy? How long has Stephon Diggs been with us? Four seasons? Three seasons? 
This will be his fourth, I believe. And he's already setting franchise records, which is crazy. Von Miller extended extended his sack streak to three games and now has a team-high six sacks. Miller has 15 career sacks versus KC, the second most versus an opponent. Uh, the other one he has is through against the LA Chargers. He has 16 against them. Dawson Knox hauled in the game-winning touchdown on a 17-yard pass from quarterback Josh Allen. The touchdown was the 15th of Knox's career. He now ranks tied for fourth for touchdown receptions by a Bills tight end. Um... Also, Ruben Grant. I guess that's who he's compared to. Hope he, hopefully he breaks that record, breaks the next record soon. Uh, with the win today, the Bills improved to 5-1, and one, a record they last held in 2019. Josh Allen recorded his 12th career game with 300-plus passing yards and 3-plus passing touchdowns, tying Jim Kelly for the most in Bills history. Here I was saying like it was crazy that Stephon Diggs is breaking Andre Reid records, and here we have uh, one where uh, Josh Allen just broke one of Jim Kelly's records. Another one, you know? Mid-season, though, which is interesting. Not like forest season, because you can understand forest season because there's an extra game, the passing, the passing uh, is officiated, the passing game in general is officiated differently than it was when Jim Kelly was a quarterback, but, geez, he's already being some career statistics mid-season. Quarterback... Uh, Josh Allen has connected with wide receiver Stephon Diggs on 24 touchdowns during his Bills tenure. The duo now ranks third on the team's all-time list, breaking a tie with Joe Ferguson, Frank Lewis, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, Stevie Johnson. That's cool. Devin Singletary ran for a season-high 85 yards and 17 carries. And with 10 receptions today, wide receiver Stephon Diggs set a new club record for most receptions through the first six games of a season with 49. The last uh, record was Eric Moulds with 45 receptions in 2002. Dang, lots of cool records, lots of cool stats to bring up on this uh, on this victory edition of Circling the Wagons. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our sweet, sassy, molassy plays of the game and our wall of famers and wall of shamers. So stick around. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. I'm your host, Nate, joined by my co-host, John. And uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. We're going to go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassie, get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. Our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. John, I'll start with you first. What was your Sweet Sassy Molassie play? It's got to be exactly what mine is, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, it's it's kind of, in one way, it's tough because there's a lot of uh, plays to pick from. Um, you know, the Gabe Davis TD, the Elam interception, um, a lot of good plays. Uh, but for me, it's the Taron Johnson interception, um, for a couple different reasons. For one, it, it, it was the most emotional one for me, right? Like it's right at the end of the game here against the chiefs, which kind of ties into the fact that they're playing the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in particular, if it was any other quarterback icing the game like that, that might not have been like felt as good is for like, oh, you know, best play of the game necessarily. But for this, you're just assuming the Chiefs are going to score a touchdown and you're thinking in your head, all right, the Bill, how much time are the Bills going to have left to try to do something? And um, So I think the scenario and who they were playing, that makes it the play of the game for me. Yeah, I, lo- I love how you brought together all those things, it being specifically Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if the Bills are just barely being the Steelers and the Bills pick off Kenny Pickett, who cares, right? Like You're like, okay, good. They should have been doing that all game. Uh, but someone like Patrick Mahomes, a guy who you expect um, almost Tom Brady-esque with his ability to lead you know, fourth-quarter comeback, specifically against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like that one. I'm obviously in the same boat as you, John, the Taron Johns interception. It went from like gritting your teeth uh, to being like, oh God, please, please, God, please let me let us win this game. Let us let us get to the next level. We really need to uh, win this game. Please let us somehow win this game. Get a get a turnover or something or stop something to stop a touchdown. And they did it, and our prayer was answered. So, uh, yeah, that one's mine too, John. I just I don't know how I'm just noticing that. Um, maybe that just shows my non um, observant nature. But are you wearing? A Buffalo Bills Hawaiian shirt for this episode. I know folks at home can't hear, can't see what you're what you're wearing, but you are wearing a Buffalo Bills Hawaiian shirt to this uh, this this episode of Circling the Wagons. Looks good yes, on you. Correct. Thank you. Looks really good. Yeah. Geez, whoever got you that must really uh, think you're uh, you're a pretty pretty cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> I say that's, that because because I was one of the people that got you that. <laughs> it was John's that's birthday. Why, that's why I wore it. I knew it. I knew you did. That's why I felt so bad that I just noticed now and said something. <laughs> we do like, you know, a half hour of pre pre game um you know, prep for the show and like I don't notice it the whole time. That's sad. That's sad. My poor wife, jeez, what does she go through if <laughs> I and uh literally just gave that to you yesterday and <laughs> don't it just does it. Well, you know that's, but you know that just goes to show um, what a good friend you are because you wanted to show it off and uh, and make me feel uh, good as a friend for getting you that. So appreciate that, man. Shout out, shout out. You're that that you wearing that shirt. That's my sweet sassy molassy play of the game. So there. I love you, man. Nah, I love you too. I love you more. So anyway. Um, <laughs> Let's go into so we talked sweet sassy molassy play of the game. Is there a Gettysburg play of the game uh in this victory? 
four score and seven years ago. Do you do you know of one where it really just? It's funny. You want to say the Taron Johnson pick, right? Like, because they won it, so it won them that one. But the tide and it the tide changed because you kind of in your head felt like it was a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs were going to score, so he stopped them from scoring. But the Bills were winning when he did that. So what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Like, my first instinct is that I can't really think of one because it was kind of like a back and forth most of the game anyway. It was either tied or one team's winning, then the other team's winning, and um, especially in the second half there. So like, it'd be difficult for me to really pinpoint Oh, this this changed the game and the the whole tide of it, you know. Yeah, it was so it was so close going back and forth. It's just like they were trading blows after blow. It felt like um, I'm going to go with. Let me know what you think about this, John. Gettysburg played the game. The game that turned the tide for the Buffalo Bills was when in the fourth quarter, uh, the Bills were down twenty to seventeen. And this was after the Chris Jones trip sack. I shouldn't even say sack. I shouldn't. It, it was called a sack, but it was not a real true sack. But the Chris Jones trip, okay? Chris Jones trip happened with the Buffalo Bills on third and ten. The Bills punted it to the Chiefs, and on that following drive, on third and six, Chiefs are driving. Bills are down three points. Von Miller sacks. Sacks Patrick Mahomes on third and six. And it was a good sack. It wasn't like the first sack Von Miller had where Mahomes was kind of running around and you thought he might like just run for more yardage and Von Miller just kind of kept his motor going and took him down in the end. It wasn't like that sort of sack. Like this was a true, you know, racing around the edge, swim move, you know, getting under the right tackle, uh, his arms, and just taking down Mahomes for a great sack. Three and out. The Bills get the ball back on the next series. Uh, the Bills score. They go 74 yards down the down the field and uh, had that 14-yard touchdown to Dawson Knox. And it was 24-20. Game was over after after that with the Terrence Johnson pick. I like that one as my Gettysburg play of the game. What do you think about that one? Yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> You're like, I, it's not the stupidest thing I've heard today, so I like that. <laughs> I mean, there's worse ones you could have picked, but no, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> In my head, I like the logic that goes along with it, so I'll take that. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll find worse in the uh, in the Twitter. Oh Twitter. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Let's let's. I can't wait to go to Twitter. Let's 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 tear those idiots apart. No, just kidding. <laughs> let's just go. Let's go. Um, so let's go into our wall of fame. Wall. Uh, John, I'll go first on this one. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of still in a recency bias sort of thing where I'm going to give it to Taron Johnson just because. Uh, I mean, he just seems to have the clutch gene. You know what I mean? Like, and I know it's not every game he does this, but he had a pick six against the Steelers when it mattered a couple of seasons ago. He had it uh, against the Baltimore Ravens in that playoff game. Um, a couple of years ago, and he had it tonight when it really mattered, um, and it wasn't even, you know, a close like where you're just like, oh, please don't overturn this. It's so close. It's on the edge. Like, I mean, he was, he, it was undeniable that he'd caught that, and uh, he didn't have a great game by any stretch. Um, I think he was kind of picked on a little bit, but 
I mean, he just made up for it, and uh, I, I'm going to give it to him. I know that there's a lot of honorable mentions we can give to this game, for this game, but that one just stands out. I think it's recency bias. I know Josh Allen had a great game and all that, but um, but for some reason, I just I'm sticking with Taron Johnson as my Wall of Famer for this one. Who do you put on your Wall of Fame in this tremendous victory for the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, there's almost too many to mention, right? I got um, Devin Singletary who's getting like. You know, chunks of yards throughout the game for the Bills, uh, both on the ground and in the air. Diggs almost 150 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Von Miller, a couple sacks, uh, especially when it mattered. Uh, Milano had a good game. Uh, Ken Dorsey, like I, I, I thought that he called a, a good game. And, and and the little things, too, like we were talking earlier about the, the kneel downs um, or even like the, the quarterback sneak where he, you know, Gabe Davis is in motion, help push Josh Allen and things like that. Like, um, I think those are all really great things. In the end, <laughs> I, if I had to pick just one, I think it's got to be Josh Allen for all the, the reasons that we were talking about before. Um, just his leadership and like, man, passing, rushing, it doesn't matter. He's gonna he's gonna get the job done. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Josh Allen was just on fire today. I liked I like that you brought up the Gabe Davis pushing him in for the was that on fourth and one. Like that play, like and I and I love that you brought up Ken Dorsey because you know there's a Ken Dorsey design. Um, Gabe Davis being one of their best pass blockers, you bring him around the edge to push. I mean, who else could they put that would be better? Maybe Dawson Knox. I don't know. I don't know if he's even as big and strong. I have no idea. But like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, good call there. But yeah, you could have gone with almost all of those other players as well in any normal game because uh, they all Von Miller, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, yeah. Now let's go into a fun topic, a fun little vent session because it was not a perfect game by any means. None of us are are, are saying that it was. So let's go into our wall of shame. 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 John, 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 John. I'm like, you know, wringing my fist together like this is like Mr. Burns. Like, excellent. Now let's see who we can tear apart for uh, for this uh <laughs> This wall of shame segment, I i mean, it's pretty obvious to me, but I want to hear who yours is. Well, I, obviously, it's Isaiah McKenzie, right? Uh, <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> got to be. We, we were talking about that fumble earlier. Um, you know, dropped touchdown pass. He had another um, drop when they were backed up in their own end zone. Yep. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad that they had Jakir uh, fielding punts today. And those punts were not easy to field. Though, like, their their punter was amazing today, um, so I, I thought Shakir did a good job uh, back there. But yeah, McKenzie, yeah, he he was off today. Easily, easily the biggest name on the wall of shame today, um, without a doubt. You mentioned, uh, I mean, we we mentioned general that that fumble earlier. It was just like it wasn't like he even grabbed it and like dropped. It. It's like he didn't even think it was coming to him. Like he's like, what is this? How did this happen? And then you have the touchdown where he tripped in the end zone on his own feet. Like he didn't know. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I think in general, all of us like Isaiah McKenzie. I think some people in the fan base love him a little too much to be quite honest. They're like the face of the franchise. I know it's a joke, um, but he is not even like an amount. He's not even the top 10 of face of the franchise, in my opinion, where I'd even put him close to that. I've always liked Isaiah McKenzie. I liked him in certain areas. Um, I was excited for him to be 
um, part more more a part of this offense as he has been. See what it's like when you give him more touches, you know, um, more passes, more targets, stuff like that. I thought Brian Dable underutilized him, but I am completely convinced that he does not need to start at all the rest of the season. Um, we thought that last week. You and I were talking about Khalil Shakir and how great he looked last week against the Steelers with both Crowder and McKenzie out. And we're like, ah, that's going to be hard to take him off the field. And they did this week with McKenzie being back. And I get why they did. Um, You and I aren't in the locker room. We don't know the politics of the locker room. That would probably look really bad for a guy to get injured and then lose his job just because he was injured, right? When he definitely had that. But, I mean, how could you say, like you mentioned, Khalil Shakir with the punts. I mean, he was... He was key on that um, that drive where they're backed up on their own one yard line. Um, he had that really clutch catch to get them out of the the back of their end zone. Um, and I know it was only one catch. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But he needs to see the ball more. He is a rookie wide receiver. I get that, but he looks so much more polished than Isaiah McKenzie does. He looks so much more clutch than Isaiah McKenzie does. And I think that if the Bills after the bye week, it would be. Uh, borderline idiotic for them to not have Khalil Shakir starting. And I hate to say that for the Bills. I'm not hot take guy whatsoever. If you've ever listened to this podcast, I am not hot take guy. But Khalil Shakir definitely needs to start over Isaiah McKenzie and probably Jameson Crowder too. Um, And those mistakes were glaring this week. And it's not the first time he's had mistakes, John. You and I always cringe when he was ever given pun return duties. We always cringe because I don't know what his muff-to-catch rate is, but it is not a good muff-to-catch rate. It's probably like 1-3 in or 1-2. in I don't really know. It is not a good rate there. So you add that, you add the things that happened today, the drops, the tripping over his own feet to catch a ball where he wasn't even contacted on a fourth and goal when they needed that touchdown. Uh, I mean, I was just short. I mean, you should have seen the comments of... uh, of what people were saying over Twitter and uh, after I mentioned and that, you know, I think Khalil Shakir needs, I'm, I'm done with the McKenzie experiment. Like he's good depth. I'm not ready to have him start again and potentially be a detriment going down the line. What do you, what do you think about that? Do you think it's too early? No, not necessarily. Um, like one of McKenzie's bigger strengths is his speed, which Shakir also has. I mean, he might actually be a little faster. Um, you know, I, I kind of remember like comparing like Beasley and, and, and McKenzie. Beasley was always great at in the like the zone defenses and kind of sitting in the right spot and, and all that kind of thing. Where McKenzie was a little bit better against man type of thing. Um, I don't know if I've seen enough of Shakir to like, you know, how he compares in both of those areas. Um, he's great. Of, he's great all around. He's better than everyone yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> cause it, yeah. Cause like he'll, they'll hit him for like these quick passes or, or, or maybe even like screen like plays and then he'll just use his speed. Um, but I would like to see more of him. Um, I think he and also cook are going to be great for the bills in the future. Um, we know that McDermott doesn't really play his rookies very much unless he has to. Um, but I think um, those 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 both both those players are going to be good. I think. Yeah, you don't have to bring up James Cook. This is clearly Khalil Shakir is in a class above himself. Okay, I think James Cook is good for the long run, and I know you want to, you know, hit your wagon to that horse or whatever, you know, and and you're definitely going to. But like Khalil Shakir is just like, I don't know. Like James Cook still has stuff. He didn't get any touches today. Did he get one rush? Maybe. I mean, he wasn't even yeah, on the field. One rush, maybe. Yeah. 
But let, well, let's well, that's, that's that's like goes back to my point. Like he doesn't. And Shakir only had one touch, also, right? Like they don't. They, unless there's injury, they're not going to play rookies. Like I, I, I'm sure McDermott hates that he has to play two rookie corners most of the time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly. So let let's. So I during the game, John, you'll appreciate this. By the way, um, I, I couldn't help but think, like with. Isaiah McKenzie, he's one of those guys that like hasn't proven hardly anything specifically on this team, but he's just been on the team for a while. And I think people like his intent or his off the field stuff, like for example, his antics on Instagram where you'll see him dancing with, you know, Deion Dawkins or they'll be doing a karaoke thing and that'll go viral along Bill's Mafia social media, right? And I'll see that and I'll think it's funny or whatever at the time. And then when a day like this happens, I'm just like, hey, maybe you should have spent less time singing in the locker room and more time brushing up on that play where you had no idea what was going on and Josh tried to flick it to you. Because I was thinking about that later. I'm like, well, maybe Josh was kind of going off script and Isaiah McKenzie just didn't recognize it because they didn't run that play in practice. But then I also thought to myself, what's more likely? That Josh Allen is doing something that's never been done in practice that he's completely improvising on and that he was like 100% sure that Isaiah McKenzie would get but didn't? Or did Isaiah McKenzie just not know exactly what was happening that play? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know, after being off for a week for injuries, I'm thinking that's what it probably was. So, the- Yeah, I think... The other thing, too, is, like, McKenzie every so often will have a really huge game, and I think that's what sucks people back in. Like, he had that one great game against Miami the one a couple years ago. He had a good game against New England last year. So I think that's what people remember. Yeah, like those few times where he was actually given targets and whatnot. So so I, I have to – I'm going to premise this with the fact that I'm going to put the explicit tag on this podcast. So if you were in the car with a child, like – definitely pause it right now and turn it off for later but i'm gonna give you that warning right away but i wrote on twitter like i've seen enough shakir needs to be in for mckenzie the rest of the season <laughs> like oh not hyperbole whatsoever right <laughs> if i thought that wasn't like a hot enough take which it is for me um <laughs> then dave on twitter replied to that tweet now you'll like this one john it's just dave period on twitter he writes Cut that fucking bum mid-game and make him fund his own flight home. He couldn't catch a cold and he couldn't score on a hooker. We need to fund a Blue Origin rocket and send him to the moon on a one-way trip so his hands can't hurt us anymore. <laughs> like, wow. Like, I thought I thought I was having a hot take guy. That, that guy was pissed. And what's funny is when I say that, like, sometimes, you know, you never know how things are going to go off over on Twitter. People uh, definitely agree with... With me, people writing like uh, McKenzie is just average. McKenzie is killing us today. Fumble, drop third down, trips and drops fourth down touchdown. He's not into this game mentally. He needs to sit. Um, McKenzie can score the rest of our points today and set multiple franchise records, and I'd still throw him on the wall of shame. <laughs> that was Edgar Donnybrook. Uh, two costly plays in the red zone. He's killing us today. They need to use him in jet motion. That's where his value is. <laughs> Maybe that's all where his value is. Um, yeah. Remember remember we were talking about him like a couple years ago being just a gadget player? Has that, has that changed too much? <laughs> Maybe not. I thought he was ready for the next step, you know, like until Khalil Shakir was ready to really take that role. And, 
you know, who know who knows? Maybe he's one of those stories where like he finally gets his chance after being with us for like four years and Dable's gone. Maybe they'll open up the playbook and give him more touches and he's gonna be used more in the route. He won the starting slot position over veteran Jameson Crowder. Like that was a big deal. And you're like you're kinda rooting for this guy. You know he's not the future, but like he's here for the next two years possibly. Like maybe that's one of those things where like he keeps the job and he keeps going, he's that good. And uh, after today, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to err on the side of no. No, Scott. Um, wall of shame. I'm also going to give an honorable mention to Saran Neal. Saran Neal had a terrible game holding nonstop. Uh, it, just, like, it just didn't cost the Bills nearly as much as Isaiah McKenzie, although it, there were at least two holding calls in the secondary, I believe, where they were... they went from a third down to a, a first down. Um, I think some of those, including Saran Neal's, but Christian Benford, I think that were questionable, if not just not holding in general, you know. Um, and then obviously, Wallace Shame, one of my mentions goes to the refs for that tripping call. John, is there anyone else that you want to put on your wall of shame? No, I think that uh, that covers it. All righty. Okay, so um, as we do after every game for the Buffalo Bills, win or lose, we post on Twitter, um, who or what is on your wall of shame and wall of fame in today's win or loss, okay? So if you're not following us, please do. We're at CTW Pod, like Circling the Wagons podcast, um, and... You know, I put that on there. Uh, leave it to you guys on Twitter to always, always some great comments, always some great feedback. So I'm going to start off with Josh Allen's left arm. Just what a great Twitter handle in general. general I got to be honest. Uh, wall of Fame, Singletary Miller. Did I say Wall of Fame or Wall of Shame? I might have said that wrong. Wall of Fame, Singletary Miller. Wall of Shame, McKenzie not looking for a pitch on an option play and drops. The Gettysburg. Oh, here it goes. The Von Miller sack to slow down the Chiefs at the end of the first half. So so Josh Allen's left arm picks the other Von Miller sack from what I chose. Interesting. Interesting. He said from there the Bills score a touchdown. That was the, the Gabriel Davis touchdown before the half. Chiefs could have been up 14-3 to with ball at the halftime. And I, I like that. I really like that Gettysburg. John, do you like uh, Josh Allen's left arms Gettysburg? of the game more or my Gettysburg of the game more? Uh, I don't know. They're both okay. <laughs> oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> I, w- I was going to say, John, John, don't use your prejudice of being my good friend for the last 15, 20 years or however long it's been. Don't use that prejudice. And you're like, meh, okay, they're all right. They're both all right. They both tie for not sucking. Uh, <laughs> um, Alan, five fire emojis. Absolutely. The YG Wall of Fame, Josh, obviously, Diggs, Vaughn, Gabe, Milano, Motor, and Dawson Knox. John, this might be your your burner account. He's got about 12 people on his Wall of Fame. (laughs) Wall of Shame, I hate to do this, but I love Little Dirty, but he's on here for this game, and whoever didn't play tight coverage on Kelsey can't let him be so wide open. I mean, that was everyone all day. No one could cover him, it felt like. I I just thought that he should have used different coverages to kind of... (sighs) I don't know. Make up for the fact that he's hard to do one-on-one. I don't know. Um, Little Dirty. What was Little Dirty today? He was uh, Little... Little... uh, (laughs) I don't know. What's a good... Not Dirty. Um, I want to say Shitty, but that's not right. (laughs) It's not a nice thing to say. Uh, Little Garbage. Little... (laughs) 
uh, I don't know, just a bad game by by McKenzie. It's funny because he's like one of those guys where you like you like him for everything that you see like through the Bill social media group and through a lot of other things. It just I just want to see him more on the field. You just can't almost cost us games. I mean, if you think about it, John, that fourth down touchdown or touchdown pass drop where he tripped on himself. That's seven points right there that the Bills lost. And then they're driving in the first half, that first drive. I mean, that's another what? Like, that could have easily been a, a field goal, if nothing else. It ended up being a turnover. So you're talking he cost us 10 points tonight, right? Yeah, or 14. I mean, just that they could have got touched on that first drive. Too. True, true. A minimum um, of 10, it feels like. Specifically 10. <laughs> there's also the, you know, the whole butterfly effect thing, too, so that the first fumble doesn't happen, then who knows what the rest of the game looks like. Could be a blowout. Mm-hmm. You're right. Chrissy McComber writes, Wall of Fame, Taron Johnson sealing the deal with the INT. Singletary ran the hell out of that game. Diggs being Diggsy. Vaughn is a beast. Zero, zero on the clock. I like that one. Zero, zero on the clock. I felt good. <laughs> Wall of Shame, Little Dirty could have had a better game. And why can't they tackle Kelsey? <laughs> The refs had to. The refs. We had to beat them too. On to the next. Go Bills. You know what's funny is on our T Public store, we have a, uh, a Buffalo versus the refs, and that kind of felt like that today. Buffalo versus the refs. Jason Statham writes Wall of Fame. Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, the two best players in the league by far. They give me goosebumps every time they connect. Oh yeah, John, you ever feel that connection? Uh, you you feel some sort of uh, physical sensation when they connect like that? Absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell you when I felt a physical sensation tonight. It was when Taryn Johnson uh, intercepted that ball. I definitely felt uh, something physically. Um, and then also when Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen connect. Every time there's a touchdown, it's just like, you know. Wall of shame, the refs again. Also some red zone play calling. Might need to work on that. Fantastic team win going into the bye week. Go Bills. Good night, y'all. Yeah, good night, Jason, from the uh, from 1 a.m. in uh, your neck of the woods across the pond. M writes in, she says, fame, Wall of Fame are interception kings Elam and Johnson. Wall of Shame, McKenzie needs to catch those balls. The Fios versus CBS debacle, I forgot about that. John, did you hear about that? We don't live in Buffalo, so it's not really an issue for us, but... Um, Fios specifically wasn't allowing CBS um, coverage. CBS, I'm sorry, was not allowing Fios to cover the the Bills game and give them access to it because there's a dispute with a contract or whatever. So, I mean, we're lucky it didn't affect us, but still, that's that's a, that's a shitty <laughs> shitty day for that to happen. And then the freaking refs. She writes, "We beat the Chiefs ourselves and them." Wow, well put by Emily. We beat the the Chiefs ourselves and the refs. Oh, good. Wow. Jeez. Was that, the, was that last interception too late in the game to be the Gettysburg? Um, if you think that's the Gettysburg, it's never too late to be the Gettysburg of the game. It's whatever you want that's, it to be. That's probably the best one so far for Gettysburg. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all of all the other ones are like ah it's not it's not awful it's not the stupidest thing i've heard tonight uh original hatred rights wall of fame bean and miller the closer coming to buffalo has been as good if not better as advertised the closer i'm sorry the closer meaning von miller 
Uh, Brandon Bean, Big Baller Bean, has put the franchise in the best possible situation to win. Wall of Shame, 13 seconds is dead. It's over. No more. Done. Dude, burn it all, right? Burn it all. Um, Private Joker 2003, the Gettysburg play of the game, goes to the Taron Johnson pick. He seems to have a knack for iconic moments in the Allen era. Edgar Donnybrook writes, Wall of Fame, Allen Allen Miller, Taron Johnson. Milano was flying around there out there making crucial plays at or behind the line of scrimmage. John, I'm, I'm so glad Edgar brought this up because that's the beauty of the, the Twitter wall of fame, wall of shame, is because our listeners are so good that they'll bring up things that, like, it's hard to cover an entire game, a three-hour game, and give every little nuance. But you know I'm a huge fan of Matt Milano. Matt Milano looked freaking good out there tonight, didn't he? Yeah, he... Always looks good out there. He's been having a great year. Uh, I, I, a lot of people talk about the the Poyer Hyde combination, but I think there's something to be said about the Milano Edmonds combination. Even though a lot of people seem to hate on Edmonds, I thought uh, Edmonds had think, a pretty good game. Like all things, yeah. I mean, he didn't have a Matt Milano like game. I, mean, I don't know if he ever has a Matt Milano like game, but he looked good. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Wall of Shame, Mackenzie got to get stripped of the. Face of the franchise title after that game, the play calling and can't let the play calling. He also writes can't let Kelsey be that wide open all the time. Interesting. I I think it's funny that he gets called the face of the franchise. I'm pretty sure it's self gloss. I'm pretty sure he called himself that, which I think is funny and it's a funny joke. But people just kind of run with it and they're like, Isaiah McKenzie's amazing. Like he's okay. <laughs> he's all right. Um, less all right after today, but you know. I appreciate Bill's players that have a sense of humor, that have a personality. I love the fact that they do. Um, it just don't cost us the game with one of the most important games of the season. Bill Lasso writes, Wall of Fame, Taron, he's going to get you Johnson. And Singletary making the running game a threat. Wall of Shame, fourth down play calling. Not being able to cover Kelsey and the refs having more first downs than the Chiefs. <laughs> way, to stick it, way to stick with it and win a close game. Absolutely. Anakin Skywalker is in. The Jedi Slayer is in. (laughs) Wall of Shame. Uh, Red Zone offense is still brutal to watch at times. And McKenzie took 14 points off the board, arguably by himself. The Wall of Fame don't don't blink mentality. Fought the crowd and the refs all game. Never blinked. I love that one. I really do. Uh, From Anakin. (laughs) And of course, the MVP... Josh Allen, 17, and the man that we brought in for this, number 40, it's Miller time. That's true. I mean, John, we, the Brandon Bean brought in Von Miller for this specific moment because, like, Greg Rousseau wasn't getting there tonight, you know. Very few other people besides Von Miller was getting to Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just in a game like this, worth every penny, right? Yeah, he's been trying for a few years now to get a defensive end in here like he's drafted all those players and um finally he's like all right we're gonna bring, have to bring somebody else in too. <laughs> all right i'm tired of this shit we're gonna find a so, guy so they got they went and just got the best guy <laughs> uh, it's so true bryce erdwine writes wall of fame to our secondary for two big pivotal takeaways yep absolutely wall of shame to the d also for somehow letting mahomes and kelsey still try and make it a game Part of me is like, you know, somebody's going to get the ball. Um, I guess it might as well be Kelsey as opposed to Tyree Kill. 
I always thought that at the time, you know, like Tyreek Hill is good and he's big, but he's not as fast. Like Tyreek Hill will take like an eight-yard pass and go the distance in two seconds, right? Like Travis Kelsey, like he'll get the ball and he might be hard to tackle, but he's not going, you know, for 80 yards usually after the catch. Bill's Gaga writes, Wall of Fame, Matt Milano, Josh Allen, and his jump. Another guy giving Matt Milano some love. I like it. Uh, Wall of Shame, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I don't know what was going on tonight. And the refs, just brutal, particularly the missed tripping call. The Gettysburg, the Taron Johnson's interception. Everyone go in the Taron Johnson interception. John, I I have to ask you, um, with Isaiah McKenzie, my gut reaction is always keep the guy in like if he made a mistake like let him make up for it right because you don't get more confidence by just sitting the rest of the game right but in this instance like after two mistakes i'm like just sit him right like what why are you even bringing him out here like after two or three gaffes like he's done like time to pick up after the bye week right like there's got to be a point where you're just you've had enough and i and i definitely had it after the two missed plays that were very brutal for the buffalo bills and I'm like, that wouldn't have looked good for him to sit, but um, maybe mentally he just needed to sit tonight. Yeah, after the first uh, fumble, I would have sat him for the rest of the first half. Yeah, exactly. And into the second half and the rest of the season. Um, Lonnie, <laughs> Lonnie D. Engel writes, Wall of Fame Josh Allen because because he's Josh Allen. Stay com- stayed composed. And honestly, outperformed Mahomes. Yeah, I love that. I love that point. Wall of shame hurts me to say, but have to give it to McKenzie. Love the dude and hope this fuels him for the future. If not, play the kid Shakir. Yeah, Lonnie D. Engel, and he's at Lonnie, L-O-N-N-I-E-D, Engel, E-N-G-E-L, on Twitter. He told us on the Twitter space tonight that he's going to the uh, Bills-Lions Thanksgiving game in Detroit. And he's looking for other Bills Mafia to, to hook up with, to tailgate with. So find Lonnie on Twitter if you're going to that game. And uh, let him know where you're going to be or whatever. If you guys could just tailgate together or whatever. I was telling John, I was telling him in the Twitter space, like, man, we gotta, we got to hook uh, player or fans up to tailgate to each other. To We'll be the, the network connection. And then, you know, maybe we'll start our own online dating for Bills Mafia. You know, just like where they can just get together and just meet we'll we'll help people find true love we'll we'll hopefully get invited to their wedding someday and we'll record live uh for the podcast right from the from the wedding reception luke writes in wall of fame von miller for being the closer we signed him to be and Knox and taryn for coming up clutch in the biggest moments john you know i'm glad luke brought that up because remember when dawson Knox was anything but clutch in the biggest moment do you remember that not so long ago Yes, I was constantly uh, criticizing him. <laughs> criticizing, putting him on the wall of shame. I remember, man, you hated Dawson Knox more than <laughs> Remember we, we had that joke, which isn't funny now, um, but at the time we were like, you know, almost a touchdown, Knox, you know, like in our Boris, Borat impression for not. Um, it was probably funnier in, in meme form, but... Uh, yeah, how far he's has he come from going to being like having issues with you know catching the ball basically you know all by himself to being one of the best tight ends in the NFL? Wall of shame, McKenzie for the drops needs need to see more Shakir, uh, Gettysburg, the Josh Allen hurdle. I knew I knew we had it when he did that classic Josh. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. 
By the way, we have a, a Josh Allen hurdling the, the haters shirt at our T-Public store, tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Mike Graham, all right, I, uh, this is a big one. Should we read more, John? All right, well, you didn't respond, so I'm going to say, yeah, let's read some more. Mike Graham writes Wall of Fame. Josh Allen for taking that man's soul when he jumped over him. Johnson for clutching up at the end. The Wall of Shame, the refs for putting on black and white instead of red jerseys with yellow gloves. <laughs> Mike, the guy. At least give give us a heads up if you're going to play for the other team. <laughs> Josh Rinkin writes, Wall of Fame, Kair Elam, rookie, got us a pick in the end zone when the game was 0-0 and they were driving. Wall of Shame, Isaiah McKenzie, bro, you made it really tough for anyone to trust you with a fumble and a drop. Be better, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Sounds like my dad. Be better, for Christ's sake. Jesus. <laughs> uh. By the way, John, I have to tell you this story real quick. I don't know if I told you this yesterday at your birthday party, but uh, my son scored his first goal in soccer this past week. By the way, this is going to have like a Bill's re- relation to it. It's not just a tangent, but... Uh, he scored a goal, and I was so... It's like, whenever your kids do a first, right, it's always a big deal. And he'd been playing soccer for a little while. This is the first year that they've actually done games because he's so young. He scored a goal, and I was like... I was really excited for him. And he comes back to me, and like, when he got subbed out, I was like, dude, that was awesome. You scored a goal. Congratulations. Like, you should be so proud of yourself. And he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I felt everyone watching me when I scored... <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what it feels like to be in the limelight, man. You gotta, you gotta be clutch though in that times. You gotta hope that you gotta, you gotta want everyone's eyes on you. You gotta want them to be looking at you. So you, you know, you bring out your best stuff. But um, our his coach is a huge Bills fan, which is hilarious because he's always wearing a Bills hoodie every game, every practice. It's awesome. And after, like, at the end of the game, when they say, like, you know, go yellow team, go purple team, like, you know, they congratulate the other team after the game. He always does that cheer, and then the second cheer is always "Go Bills" uh, for the game. So that's that's really cool and uh, and proud dad moment. So I love I love the coach. Proud dad moment was besides the goal, which is like ah whatever, right? <laughs> like oh it's a big thing. I'm just joking, but it was cool that he did that. And then like I think they were losing two to one in the soccer game, and then the Bills or I'm sorry, not the Bills, his team got up and they ended up winning like six to three or something. And so they came back and my son goes, this is like the greatest comeback ever. This is like the group, the bill's greatest comeback. He said to his coach, which his coach just freaking loved because he's a big, big bills fan. So proud dad moment. If you guys have any proud dad moments, uh, especially when it relates to the bills, you know, send them on in. Joel Franklin writes, Wall of Fame is Von Miller and the defense in general. Two sacks on Mahomes is unreal and just the edge on a game so well matched. Wall of Shame goes to McKenzie. He just has a way of screwing key situations up. Sugar high, he writes in quotes, sugar high iMac. (laughs) I like that one, Joel. Josh Allen is my co-pilot, writes, Wall of Fame, Allen and Diggs and Von Miller. This is the reason Bean signed these guys. And shout out to Dawson Knox. Wall of shame, I hate to gang up, but McKenzie could have cost us the game. Gotta clean up the defensive holding. Karen writes, Karen says, Wall of fame, conflicted as Bill's very lucky to not be down by 100 points. 
Very messy game, but Von Miller. Wall of shame, too many penalties, finishing slash missing too many tackles, refs not calling blatant penalties, and then uh, she writes QB1, six, six out of five fire emojis, right? Gettysburg was the Josh Allen leaping, and the sweet sassy molassie was the Taron Johnson interception. What do you think about that one, John, the Josh Allen leaping over uh, the defensive back? Do you, you like that, Gettysburg? Nah. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say that's the best one yet. <laughs> it was a nice play. <laughs> it was it was a great play. One of the other uh, tweeters said that that was when they knew that the game was over. So that was a Gettysburg for for that uh, that follower too. Saxa Dave or Super Bowl Fifty Seven champs at Saxa Dave writes, which Dave was on the uh, the Twitter space too. Across the pond, Wall of Fame five and one Von Miller and Taron Johnson. Wall of Shame trash refs, missed tackles, blind refs, Chiefs O line holding on every goddamn play, one sided BS defensive holding flags. McKenzie and did I mention the refs? <laughs> Gettysburg was the Josh Allen hurdle. See, there's another one, John. Jeez, maybe we're off. Screw the Chiefs and go Bills. Well, Judith writes, Judith Hindum writes, Wall of Shame, the shitty refs, Wall of Fame, bills by a billion. I like it. I like it. Charles Kinsilla writes, Wall of Fame, Devin Singletary. We were able to really see what he can do as a feature back with limited sharing of carries. I think this was a test uh, a test to see if McCaffrey is an option. Wall of Shame, Isaiah McKenzie for the drop touchdown and the refs for missing that tripping by Jones. Yeah. Yeah. You think we come come up with McCaffrey after the break? Christian McCaffrey running back for the Carolina Panthers? I think they're going to want too much. What do you think? Yeah, it doesn't seem I don't I I, I don't like that idea. I you know, they they've already used a bunch of draft picks on running backs recently. I'd hate to give up more of that capital and but you you got to you got to McCaffrey's an upgrade, sure, but yeah. like they don't even like run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he could be like basically like another slot receiver, you know, out of the which yeah. maybe they look at Isaiah McKenzie they're like, "Damn, we really need another slot receiver." You know, after that. Well, I so. think it's isn't that part of the reason why they did, they drafted Cook? Yeah, yeah, it of is. The speed and pass catching ability. But I mean, wouldn't you I mean, he's easily an upgrade over Cook. Like his career will probably be better than James Cook's career, so like you're if if it's not for the draft picks and the salary, it's an easy decision, right? He's clearly more talented, or at least he's a huge upgrade at the position. And um, you know, defenses have to account for him and and you know Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox. Like I mean, we're, you're gonna. I just, I just don't think it's an important that important of a position, like. We go back to all those drought years where they kept drafting running backs in the first round or trading for LaShawn McCoy and all this, and it it didn't help anything when they had those great running backs. In fact, they had Fred Jackson, who was undrafted and was just as good as any of them. You could argue, though, that this offensive line is way better than any offensive line they had then. You know, So, like, this might be the time to do that. Well, you have... Well, all, all their positions are better than they were then. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Except, Every except single pu- position. Except punter. Except punter. Except punter. Except punter. Uh, Although Martin's, Martin's been Martin. been okay, but... Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I guess running back, too, right? But, like, 
every other position is probably better. Yes, yes. That was the one position they got right during the drought was running back, and they tried to screw it up so many times. During the drought, I mean. Um, Salsa Knuckles writes, Wall of Fame, not Allen. Or, I'm sorry, he wrote Josh Allen, not human. He's not human. Von Miller, of course. Daquan Jones for being an unbelievable run defender. Uh, I think that's like a... I think that's a mistyping. He says, and yeah, the ch- in changing the whole defense. Taryn, wow. I... I believe that, John. I think Daquan Jones doesn't get enough credit. I think he's just like, he's a complete upgrade over Starla Tulele and Harrison Phillips. As much as we like them, I think he's proven to be like that run stuffer that we always wanted. Um, and teams can't run on us. They just can't. <laughs> they haven't been able to. Up the middle, at least. Uh, Wall of Shame, he writes, refs. And sadly, because I really like him, McKenzie. Private Joker 2003. Wall of Shame, Isaiah McKenzie for single-handedly taking at least 10 points off the board. Man, just like we said. Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, who brought out the signature hurdle at the decisive moment, and Von Miller, who was always there to disrupt the play just in the nick of time. I like that one. (laughs) Troy, this is an interesting one. Troy Seafried writes, Wall of Shame on Nance and Romo for mentioning 13 seconds literally every 13 seconds of the game. That's a good one. David Hong writes, Wall of Fame, besides the usual guys, Motor was great. Wall of Shame, McKenzie, Phantom Defensive Holding, and obviously the Kick Sack. <laughs> kick Sack. Steve writes, uh, Wall of Shame, Isaiah McKenzie cost us at least 10 points. Officiating was absolutely horrible, refusing to cover Travis Kelsey, and the Wall of Fame goes to Taron Johnson got picked on early and often, and became the hero. Josh Allen for being that guy again. He also wrote, forgot about Von Miller, he was a dog. Otto writes, Wall of Fame, Diggs being Diggs, Allen adjusting versus pressure, and Miller for actually sacking Mahomes. Yeah, no kidding. Wall of Shame, the refs, the lost points of McKenzie, the refs, not having a fullback ability to convert third and ones without Josh Heroics. (laughs) JMAD76 writes, Wall of Fame, Josh and Diggs. Wall of Shame, did I just say that? Wall of Fame, Josh and Diggs. Wall of Shame, McKenzie. There's a reason Dable didn't use him much. We've given him plenty of opportunities, and I've seen all I need to see. There's a reason Denver let him go. Shakir time. Wow. I would say, not for nothing, that almost sounds like my burner account. <laughs> it's a good one. I'm going to give that one a like right on the podcast. Christy Murphy writes, you already know McKenzie is at the top of the wall of shame. And then Mike D writes right underneath, the refs would like a word. (laughs) Yeah, both of those. Both of those belong squarely on top of the wall of shame. Let me get one more in. K. Ann Bougage. Bougage writes, wall of shame refs for blatant tripping and McKenzie for focus. Wall of fame, Josh Allen, the defense. She writes in parentheses, disrupted Mahomes and caused two timeouts, which is, I forgot all about those. And then she writes Singletary as well. That was really cool. So thank you guys all for joining us or for uh, for sharing, as always, Wall of Fame, Wall of Shame segments brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. John, any final thoughts as we go 5-1 and one into the Week 7 bye week? Uh, and uh, And your thoughts or anything that we might have missed? 
and this game. I mean, we took our time, but there was a lot to discuss, a lot to unravel the implications, the game. It was not a perfect game. There, We definitely had some criticisms for it. But overall, I mean, you got to feel good. You have to feel good. Minus being undefeated, I mean, what else would you want of this season so far, right? Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to go 19-1. and one, And uh, obviously... <laughs> That includes winning the Super Bowl, and then uh, of course, well, I wouldn't want to go eighteen year. and two <laughs> if that didn't include winning the Super Bowl. But yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then next year they'll just continue the continue that Super Bowl streak, the dynasty. Would <laughs> 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 it be funny if uh, you know, funny slash amazing if to make up for the zero and four they go four and zero in the next four Super Bowls? Oh man, could you imagine? 10 and 0 Super Bowls. It's 10 and 0 in Super Bowls. 10 in a row. 10 in a row. You sound like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, 10,000 10, years, 1,000 episodes, you know, forever. Rick and Morty, you know, Buffalo Bills, 1,000 Super Bowls for, you know, re-clone re Josh Allen, 1,000 clones, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. This is sounding pretty good. <laughs> It's like yeah, I've, I've, when you when you started mentioning all the Super Bowls, I had some. We were talking about some physical sensations earlier. I was feeling some just now. Um, it's I, I can understand why people. There's a few people that are upset, just a few. But like this is this is great. It 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 is a little disheartening in the fact that the refs do seem to miss some huge plays each and every week. But thank God the Bills are that good this season that they've been able to overcome them for most of the season. Um and even going into last season it was it wasn't as big of an issue that the Bills were that good. Uh like like the one uh follower put it best like the we beat ourselves, we beat the other team, and we beat the refs today. So you got to enjoy that. Uh I don't have any more final thoughts on this. Thank you guys all for listening. Thanks for the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago for sponsoring this episode. Uh, for So signing off until uh, next week, we'll, we'll bring on a cool guest to talk uh, some bye week scenarios. So um, though, signing off for John. Let's go Bills. Buffalo Bills forever and forever. A hundred years, a thousand years. Buffalo Bills. Let's go Bills. <laughs> and for me, Nate, go Bills. 19-1. and one, Super Bowl, here we come. Number one seed in the AFC. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>